program everybody you just stepped inside of psychotic bump school the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul my name is dj rome and you know you're here for another exciting edition of psychotic bump school so ladies and gentlemen tonight we have an amazingly full show coming up this evening we have about three guests coming through the school tonight uh, out of Texas, we're going to have our good brother, Coach B. Brian Young is going to be returning. He's going to be talking to us about the perils and the triumphs of coaching, ladies and gentlemen, coaching our youth. And we're going to be commenting specifically on the tragic story of Imani Bell out of Louisiana and Atlanta, I believe, uh, who died during a basketball practice in some sweltering heat. And uh, although this happened a couple years ago, the family... Uh, has recently received news that the coaches in that uh, case have just been charged with murder. That's right. So we're going to have Coach B to break down the particulars and the the, the joy and pain of being a coach of uh, Little League players. So uh, excited to have Coach B back this evening. Also returning. Oh, man, it's always a joy to have these two on deck. Uh, they go by the name of Official Biz. And they're consisting of Bunny Hearts, who plays keyboards, and our good brother Dwayne Cousins, also known as The Rugged, on bass. And they're back to talk about a very exciting project that they have going on with some legendary stalwarts out of the famous Minneapolis music scene. Uh, I don't think I want to give the name away, but you've heard of this famous musician that they've paired up with and who they're teaming up with and they're about to do some shows with and I'm not going to give it away. It's somebody that you heard of. You know his music. Stay tuned. Official Biz, Bunny Hearts, and The Rugged are returning tonight to break it all down. So it's going to be an amazingly full show. So you might want to call your friends and family to the radio or the computer because we are about to set it off. So this is KCWGTheTruth.com. My name is DJ Rome. Welcome to Psychotic Bum School. Stay tuned for more because we got to get into this tonight, y'all. There is so much happening around the planet. Let's get it. This is Angel on Sax, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWG, thetruth.com. Best internet radio on the planet.
How did it get this bad? Ladies and gentlemen, this is KCWG, the truth.com. This program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And just as a, a note to self, I mean, 
it's amazing what cycles through our news and the things that happen uh, that draw a lot of attention to us as a nation, even though they occur on the other side of the planet. Uh, a few things I want to talk to you about. Oh, my God. Uh, there's so many things happening around the world. What's happening in Afghanistan? Ladies and gentlemen, President Biden just recently released uh, a statement, not so recently, but he just announced that troops would be withdrawing. Now, that should come as some welcome news, right? Because actually, uh, troop withdrawal is actually popular amongst the majority of the country. It's about a 55% uh, positive approval rating across the country, and that's across Democrats, Republicans, and independents. So it should be a winning issue, right? Well, troops are starting to withdraw out of Afghanistan, which is a long 20-year war, the longest, I believe, in America's history. And it started with Osama bin Laden back in 2001 when the Taliban was actually secretly harboring him in Afghanistan. Uh, we took the eyes off the ball. Of course, at the time, that was former President George W. Bush. Took the eyes off the ball and decided instead to go after Saddam Hussein in Iraq. But troops uh, eventually were redeployed to Afghanistan. And even President Obama um, upped the ante of troops during his presidency. And so there's been like multiple presidents, Republican and Democrat, that have extended this war in Afghanistan, an unwinnable, untenable situation that both parties are guilty of uh, perpetuating. Joe Biden, you know, to his credit, said that he would not be a president that would hand this off to a fifth president. OK, so prior to him, four presidents have had their entire terms uh, ran. Uh, despite the ongoing perpetuity of the war in, in Afghanistan, okay? The, uh, the town of Kabul was immediately taken over as soon as troops started to withdraw, immediately. It got so bad, ladies and gentlemen, that the president of Afghanistan left uh, the country. He bailed out. He's gone, further adding to the narrative that this region has been completely destabilized and taken over by Taliban forces and why that has... Uh, people up in arms is that, well, for one, nobody's been able to, quote unquote, curb the uh, the issues happening in this is Islamic state known as um, or this Islamic country known as Afghanistan. Russia tried it. I believe China tried it. The United States have tried it. Nobody's been able to conquer that region because it's unconquerable. I mean, you, you, this this whole savior complex that this country has and always having these lofty ambitions and over-promising, yet only to fall to the, the reality of under-delivering. It's happened in so many administrations. Both parties are guilty of it. Okay, we call it down the middle here as much as we can because this is a Democratic problem as well as a Republican problem. Okay, foreign policy. Always stuck in my crawl no matter who is in office. And so now, in the wake of the the, the Taliban practically taking over the capital and they're they're now worried about American embassies over there. Uh, Biden has just recently redeployed troops back over to Afghanistan. Started with 1,000, now the number is up to about 6,000. So by the time you hear this, we'll see if that number is still at 6,000, but troops are headed back over to Afghanistan. The official drawdown date was due to happen in September because of course the anniversary, the unfortunate anniversary of 9-11 uh, is coming up in September. And so we, you know, they actually have sort of drawn an unofficial, not a peace treaty, but they've kind of 
negotiated some terms to make sure that Afghanistan doesn't launch an attack on the anniversary, or excuse me, or on the anniversary of September 11. You know, because that, in fact, would be an incredibly bad stain on the Biden presidency. And not that it's all about him, but what he's trying to do, he's trying to restore faith in the region that they should be able to fight their own battles and that the 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 will of the people to somehow work together should be able to fuse any uh, you know issues of conflict between the Taliban and the Af Afghan government but the problem is then this this unfortunately is something that Biden has to deal with he's he's being painted as being very naive in that I mean, look what he in this country, he's had faith in the Republican Party and being able to work in a bipartisan way. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the bipartisan deal that they got on infrastructure, which he did get a deal that exited the Senate, but it still has not passed. You know, it still has to get through the House. And there's many signs that it will not, given the uh, far left progressive wing of the, the House of Representatives. And so he has these ofty, often lofty aspirations. But again, it's often ridiculed as being over-promising but under-delivering. And so his projection in this case was a calculation that the, the, the region, in the region, the Afghan people and the Taliban would be able to uh, have a peaceful transfer of power, you know, you know, in the event that the United States pulled out. Well, so far that hasn't happened. And it only took a week, y'all, <laughs> as soon as U.S. forces started pulling out. They took over instantly, and I'm talking about the Taliban, all right? So again, uh, the people don't want the Taliban in power. And I'm not taking sides on that issue, but I'm just saying they were known to have harbored uh, Osama bin Laden, and so they're viewed as a hostile force, and um, it's a problem. It's a problem. But having war in perpetuity is not a good uh, policy. Uh, to his credit, and I don't often give the the former guy credit, uh, Trump also wanted to draw down troops during his presidency. And so he announced the reduction of troops and Democrats applauded him for that, but he didn't actually make it happen. So to his credit, Biden is making it happen. And of course, he's catching flack because there's no easy exit strategy. In fact, they're calling this Joe Biden's Saigon, you know, equivalent to what happened in 1975 when the, the end of the, the Vietnam War was upon us and the embassy was attacked over there in Vietnam and a lot of Americans lost their lives uh, when the embassy was attacked and it was deemed a, 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 a political, international political nightmare. And so they're calling this his Saigon. In Saigon, a U.S. military spokesman said today more than 700 enemy troops were killed last week in that sensitive border area. Throughout all of South Vietnam, the enemy Have you been hearing about what's happening in Haiti? Oh my God, Haiti just cannot catch a break, y'all. Haiti cannot catch a break. 
they're just now coming off the heels of the assassination of their president, which was a political hit job. I believe his name was uh, President Moise. And uh, he had just recently been shot. His wife was shot. She recovered and survived, but he did not. Uh, that was just within the past month or two. And now they just had an earthquake, 7.2 on the Richter scale, just leveled that country once again, okay? Now, this isn't the first time they've been leveled with a major, major earthquake. It happened again in 2010. And so ever since that time, and even prior to that time, Haiti has long been associated with uh, having a very tumultuous and political uh, government structure uh, characterized by a lot of corruption to where there's a lot of foreign aid that goes in there, but there's some serious concerns about how those resources are actually allocated, all right? And so what's problematic about this is Haiti cannot afford or ill afford such a tragedy as this. And the earthquake is coming on the heels, of course, of a hurricane that just happened just prior to that. They called that one Hurricane Grace. I'm a hurricane. Hurricane Grace is what triggered the earthquake of 7.2, okay? And so why is this relevant to America? Well, Haiti's not that far away from the United States. Uh, it's the Caribbean, and so uh, Dominican Republic is right over there, and of course, you know, all the islands, Jamaica. And so that entire region is at risk, and now... Uh, what's interesting about Haiti and, you know, just, just to give it a little more context, because I believe Haiti is what one of the countries that uh, the former occupant of the White House referred to as an S-hole country. I believe he was talking about African nations, but this is one of the poorest countries in the world, if not the poorest. OK, and it, it continues to endure hit after hit. But some of the people that you would associate with Haiti or that you probably wouldn't associate with Haiti are actresses like Garcelle Bouvet, who uh, played on the Jamie Foxx show years ago. She's Haitian. Uh, former boxer Andre Berto, uh, famous music producer Kay Tronida. He's also of Haitian descent. And of course, Wyclef John of the Fugees, uh, just to name a few. But some people don't know that um, John James Audubon, uh, French born, uh, poet and naturist. Uh, I went to a junior high and middle school called Audubon. Uh, he was born on the island of St. Domingue. That's over there in Haiti. So there are a lot of attributions in this country uh, that stem directly from Haiti. And here's another one. Um, Haiti's recovery has long been linked to former president Bill Clinton. Okay, so one of the reasons why people hate the Clintons just <laughs> there's so many reasons why people hate the Clintons, but one of the reasons is he's one of the more famous uh, American politicians that went over there uh, in the early 2000s, okay? And then the relief efforts that he was fostering through his Clinton Foundation 
the A was long attributed to helping the wealthy more so than the poor. Then they, they got called out on it and then they started to help the, the local small businesses. And so they built up some hotels and there were some projects that got underway that didn't reach completion. And so uh, the, the terminology that Clinton coined back then was what? Build Haiti back better. Build back better. Does that sound familiar? Okay, that's as old as 2010 or prior. That actually came out of Haiti and it started with Bill Clinton. And so Build Back Better became Joe Biden's moniker for when he ran for president in 2020. Remember, the other guy had Make America Great Again. Joe Biden adopted Build Back Better for the American recovery. Okay, but where he got that from was from Bill Clinton's foundation. Build Back Better was referring to Haiti after the devastation of the 2010 earthquake. Okay, and so there are a lot of implications for Haiti in this country. And the fact that Hurricane Grace leading to that earthquake and now leading to what's called Hurricane Fred is now closing in on the state of Florida right now. Let's talk about Florida. Oh my God. Fred, can it take us higher? Take us higher. Tropical Storm Fred is closing in on Florida to such a degree that they're already shutting down schools again. Now, <laughs> I didn't even talk about what coronavirus has done to Haiti, uh, let alone Florida. But in Haiti, they were one of the last countries in the world to get uh, access to the vaccine. OK, they just got some dosages just very recently. All right. So Florida has had access to vaccines and their governor, Ron DeSantis, has chosen to go the route of Regeneron. That's the same um, cocktail that they gave uh, the former guy, excuse me, when he came down with COVID. Okay, so now all of a sudden, instead of authorizing people to have access in mass amounts to Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, Governor DeSantis has said, hey, we're gonna push Regeneron because he wants people to have the same uh, treatment that Donald Trump had. Well, Regeneron is very, 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 very expensive to administer. And so the vaccines are free. So why all this resistance? And, you know, I have to save venom for Ron DeSantis for another conversation. But the point here is that there's a tropical storm approaching the state of Florida. They're closing down schools. They, they're already devastated by the Delta variant of coronavirus. Local school districts are fighting against him to enforce a mass mandate that he will not do. And he is just being completely intransigent. How he stays in power, I don't know. Um, I don't, I think he has a challenger and Charlie Crist. Um, 
Let, let's wait and see what happens when he's up for re-election, I believe in 2022. But something's got to get done uh, between COVID, uh, intransigent governors and schools on the precipice of reopening. They're shutting down. You know, some schools across the country have been reopened for just one week and they already have hundreds of outbreaks, not amongst adults only, but amongst children. Children are being hospitalized all across the country, particularly in those states that are unvaccinated, largely unvaccinated. The southern states in the country are the most unvaccinated states in the country. The most vaccinated, by contrast, being the northeastern states like Vermont, Maine, Maryland, uh, Massachusetts. They have almost 70% of their population vaccinated. Okay, so it's a complete contrast. And you know, on the other end of that, Alabama's at the very bottom. They got less than 30% of their um, citizens in Alabama that are vaccinated. So the contrasts are very, very easy to see and people are suffering. So we're, we're keeping an eye on Florida. Pray for Florida, the good people of Florida, that they can avoid the, the, the harms of the oncoming tropical storm Fred uh, and pray that they can get out of the grip of uh, Ron DeSantis. Oh my goodness, what's happening in California, my home state, my God, we got a recall election coming up. Uh, we got people still trying to oust Gavin Newsom and he has, you know, through uh, public health announcements has put back into place vaccinations and he's made it mandatory um, that masks be worn again indoors, okay? Now, he's doing that upon the advice of the CDC but check this out. Now a lot of school districts in California are making it mandatory for staff to show proof of vaccination or submit themselves to testing daily. Okay, they've given them to October 15th in some places to make sure that they can show proof of vaccination or be tested every day. That's already led to some fights. There was a teacher that was assaulted in a Northern California school district. A parent was mad because he saw students or he saw his child wearing a mask and got mad at the principal who was a woman and so there was a male teacher nearby and then in you know out of protection of the principal who's a woman uh, the parent apparently attacked the principal and that led to a fist fight between he and a male teacher and so people are up in arms and just because california is a blue state don't don't get it twisted that people are not upset about this mask mandate so we, this is a problem all over the place, even in California. Speaking of California, uh, I have to give a shout out to Bay Area rapper Zion I. Uh, shouts out to my good brother, Naru Quina. Uh, he just uh, recently let me know that Zion I passed away. Legendary Bay Area rapper. And I have to be honest and transparent that I'm not familiar with his music, but sometimes you know people even though you don't know you know them. Uh, I listened to a little of his music. Uh, he was a fierce MC. Uh, he passed away at the age of 49. Uh, cause of death is still under investigation, but some speculation attributed to what? Coronavirus, okay? So to give you some context about how prolific his contacts were, uh, this rapper was former classmates with uh, some notable people, uh, namely Stacey Abrams, who is an activist and organizer in Georgia, the New Georgia Project, and the Fair Fight campaign that helped flip the, the state of Georgia to blue for Joe Biden, and also flipped those two Senate seats for Ossoff and uh, Warnock. 
Stacey Abrams was his classmate in college. And also, check this out, Cedric Richmond, who's a former congressman who now serves in Joe Biden's cabinet. Um, Cedric Richmond was also a classmate of Zion I. So he was around some heavy hitters, a highly influential Bay Area rapper. Um, more to, you know, there'll be more to come, you know, as the family uh, reckons with this loss and uh, they're, they're trying to figure out um, how they want to respond to it. So in the meantime, uh, the Bay Area has lost another legend, uh, Zion I. May he rest in paradise. Well, this is KCWG, the truth.com. This program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome, taking you all around the world and back, y'all. Oh, my God. All right, stay tuned for more. Later on, we're going to have official biz in the house with Bunny Hearts and the Rugged. Coming up after the break, we're going to have Coach B out of Texas. So stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after this. What's happening? This is Mark Maxwell, host of Rise, heard on KPFK. But right now, you're listening to one of my influences, the good brother DJ Rome on Psychotic Bump School. You know, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. It only took you three minutes to make the baby. It was all about you. Must be crazy. Forgetting why you hitting it's a sacred act. At least had a decency to keep it shrink wrap. A slap to the ego. This one's for them. Many men can't comprehend the extent of responsibility you too content it's a job being daddy this is no pretend how you have on a baby but nowhere around on the other side of town sad heart of a clown you ain't gotta be with her commit to your child though on mine spend time help the mind grow that's the natural state of being it's a process cyclically we repeating i know we needed this encouragement bro realize your significance the baby need love Be a father, 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 be a father. Father, if not, why bother? Don't let down your sons, raise your daughters. You don't want to have to regret it later and think about the years you missed. Being afraid to just face the greatest gift you ever gave or ever given you because you wasn't that brave to grow into the man you were supposed to become and show up for your fam. Damn, that's dumb. So many problems, so many excuses. None good enough to neglect the youth. Let's get the job done to come up fruitless. It's not too late to correct it, dude. A child brings joy and love into your life. And if you're ready to receive that, you just might. Run it from the mother, cause the pressure ain't the answer to the issue of you don't really know what's right. Be a father. 
our children I said the more love there is It keeps on building I trust in family That's real wealth While others keep searching Trying to feel self And when I look at my seed bro I feel it deep Though when real hugs are daddy There's none equal I'll be there Beyond money Giving all I got in me To raise good people This is Roy Ayers I always thought a shout out Was for somebody to say Hey! This is Roy Ears, and this is a shout-out. But let me just try to be cool and say, this is Roy Ears giving you a shout-out to yourself, saying to all you young guys, all you old guys, too, be a father to your child. We will heal the nation with that. Thank you very much. Okay, we are back. KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, making the news headlines uh, coming from the southern portion of the country, Imani Bell, uh, 15 years old at the time, she actually died after the results of a very, very strenuous outdoor practice in the state of Louisiana. I believe that's where she's originally from, and I believe her high school was based in Atlanta, I think the news clip said. Anyway, she was uh, pushed to her limits and beyond her limits, and unfortunately, uh, she did not make it. Of course, this story uh, broke the news in 2019, a couple years ago, but only just a few days ago, where the coaches who were on the field at that time and requiring those uh, young ladies to practice outdoors in extreme levels of heat, uh, way above the recommended heat index, uh, they've been charged with murder, okay? So I wanted to have a conversation regarding that because I know that there's a lot of parents out there that have their kids in collegiate or high school sports or Pop Warner, what have you, and uh, there are some safety implications there. So I have a very special guest here. He's been here before, and he happens to be both not only a parent, a concerned, involved, invested parent, but he's also a coach. So uh, I want you to help me welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good brother, Mr. Brian Young, Coach B. Coach B, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. Coach B is representing the beautiful state of Texas. And uh, how you been, man? How's it going out there in the, uh, the, the, the Loghorn State? What are they called? The Loghorn State? What are they called, Texas? Longhorn. 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 All right. My bad. Longhorn. Yeah. Get it right. Get it right now. I'm <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Well, still representing Cali. I know you got Always. Cali in your heart, but yeah, Always. Texas all day. But man, um, thank you for joining us, man. This story really took my heart and I instantly thought about you. And uh, for the audience's sake, um, now that I've set it up a little bit, the young lady's name was Imani Bell. And so, uh, Coach B, I want you to stand by and I want to have the audience listen to something. Uh, this may be a little ahead of your time, but back in the day, there was a TV show called The White Shadow. Do you remember that? No. Sorry. Okay. So The White Shadow was um, the story of Ken Howard. It wasn't the story of Ken Howard, but um, Ken Howard, well, I believe, was a former basketball player, white guy, came into the inner city of Carver High School, and he coached uh, the, 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 the basketball team, uh, the fictitious Carver High School. One mm -hmm. episode featured actor Haywood Nelson, who was more famously known as Dwayne from the TV show What's Happening with Raj and Rerun and Dee and Mama. Okay, so this was one of his first breakout parts outside of what's happening. And in this particular episode, he played the part of Randy Judd, uh, aspiring upshoot, uh, very talented basketball player playing high school ball. 
Uh, Coach B, I want you to check out this clip. Audience, I want you to listen to this. This pretty much captures what happened to uh, the wonderful Imani Bell. So stay tuned. Uh, check this out, Coach B. Take a tour of the gym, ten times. Oh, wait, I'm really kind of tired. What do you mean to tell me it's going to kill you to run ten laps after 20 minutes on the court? Come on, let's go. All right, now remember, you've got ten seconds to get it over mid-court. Let's go. Okay, for the audience's sake, uh, Randy Judd in that episode was running laps around the gym as the rest of the team practiced on the court. Uh, he gripped his head, he yelled out, and he fell to the floor. Uh, the team surrounds him and they call an ambulance. And at this point, he's now fighting for his life in the hospital. So we're gonna pick it up right here when Coach Reeves, played by Ken Howard, uh, starts to reckon with the decision to make him practice harder. Stand by, Coach B. Mm -hmm. He told me he was tired. I thought he was dominant. He told me he was tired, Jim, and I made him run extra laps. I wasn't thinking about Randy. I was thinking about me the whole time. I was thinking about how I could teach him, how I could create him. That's what I was thinking about. If it hadn't been for me, he wouldn't be out here playing. So, Coach B, uh, that was from the 1970s, The White Shadow. Uh, you are a father. You are a coach. When you think about this story of uh, Imani Bell, uh, what comes to mind for you, good brother? Um, man, emotions. Um, because it's, as a parent, you know, you, you care about your child's safety. And, and first and foremost, as a coach, you care about the safety of the children, of the kids that you you're responsible for at that point in time. But there's that fine line of of when it comes to athletics of, of pushing yourself. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's hard to always know the right the right thing to do. And I think what it comes down to sometimes is just knowing your players. Yeah. Knowing their limits and what they can and cannot do. Um, but it's still there's no there's no right or wrong way because as much as we we as individuals are concerned with safety and things of that nature, we're, if you're into sports, a lot of times you're super competitive. Right. You know what I mean? And you're, the parent may be competitive or the coaches or the kids competitive. Somebody's competitive, you know, in some way, shape or form. And while we don't worry about always wins and losses, when that game is going on, somebody wants to win and lose or right, somebody's going to win somebody's going to lose right and there's that you're trying to prepare a child for that no matter what level they're on you know what i mean mm -hmm. pop warner middle school high school college you're preparing them for that competition to go out there and do their best and but what that means is they're doing their best to try to go win the game that's right you know what i mean right. so you're trying to prepare them for that because as a coach you think you know 
what that's going to be like. It's going to be tough. There are going to be moments where they're going to want to quit. There's going to be moments where it's going to be difficult. And part of the practice and the training is to mentally kind of get you prepared for that physically. Yes. But at the same time, there are health and safety concerns. And every coach is just out here walking that fine line of hoping nothing bad happens on their watch. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Because, and I think, and I say that because if every time a kid said they were tired or they couldn't do it and you just let them stop, you'd kick yourself if that kid is not prepared for quote unquote competition in Mm. the game. Yeah. Because you'd be like, I didn't, I didn't get better. I didn't make them work a little bit harder. If I made them do that extra lap, maybe he's not tired in the fourth quarter. Oh, man. So now you're making me think. I know you've seen Remember the Titans starring uh, yeah. Denzel Washington. So mm-hmm. remember he had his team out there running through the forest and running right. through the woods to get them ready. And yeah. then his assistant coach said, hey, there's a fine line between uh, discipline and um killing people and you're something flirting. like that yeah, yeah yeah something yeah. something like that so mm-hmm. talk, talk to us about that fine line because in that episode of the white shadow uh randy judd died yeah and he he didn't make it and so coach reeves was wrestling with that idea he's like okay i wasn't even thinking about randy i was thinking about me and it was kind of maybe like what you just said b because it's like i want you know we're competitive by nature if you're a coach you want to win and you want to make sure your play or your players are in the best possible position to compete. Yep, exactly. So what what is it about that that fine line where you're you're now responsible for the safety and well-being of somebody else's baby? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it I think it one it goes back to how well you know your player. Yeah. Because you can tell if a player's dogging it. And, you, you know, you can tell if a player has a little bit more if you know them very well. And I say that is like I had a kid. I have a, ch- a kid on my team that I've known for three or four years now. Super fast, super athletic kid. And in practice the other day, we were running conditioning and he was dogging it. He was jogging. Now, he could have been tired because obviously in the practice. But once I say, hey, I know you're jogging, he instantly flips a switch and busts his butt and runs harder. Mm-hmm. And that's because I know the kid. He knows I know him. Okay. You know what I mean? So there's that line of knowing, okay, maybe, you know, is he hurt? Is he whatever? Or is he just cruise control because he can? Mm-hmm. And so you have to, there's no right answer to that, honestly, man. I think, yeah. you know, especially, and again, I go also down to the level of the age of who you're working with, right? I think there's tears to that. As a professional athlete, you know your body. Mm. And you probably have more leeway to tell a coach, hey, I'm not feeling it today. Mm-hmm. And a coach will back off you. Mm-hmm. Even in college, you may, depending on where you're at, how, how long you've been there, know your body enough to tell coach, hey, like, I don't, I don't know today. Right. As a high school kid, you may be still figuring that out. So the coach may push you as a middle school age kid. The coach may still push you as an elementary age school kid. You don't even know what your body can or cannot do yet. Mm. So when something hurts or something, whatever you want to now shut down mm-hmm. because you don't know that you actually do have a little bit more. Right. Right. And, and so there's those challenges of, of knowing, am I pushing a kid too far? Am I not? 
you know, I mean, can I get a little bit more out of them? And you tell them just to give me your best or whatever the case may be. But you also, you know, follow the, the self, the safe, I mean, the health and safety issues of knowing if it's hot, we do certain things, you get frequent water breaks, you do all those things to know that he's in the back of my head. Okay. I've gave, I've given them a water break every, after every 10, 15 minutes, we got a water break. Mm-hmm. I let them relax for water break. It's still hot out here, potentially, you know, especially in Texas, it's always hot. You know what I mean? And so you give them the water and you know, okay, I give them water breaks. We're getting frequent water breaks. You tell them to hydrate beforehand before they come to practice the night before, stay hydrated, all those things. So you've done that part of it. And now you have to push because once the game comes, you're going to have to compete and you're going to have to push. And your teammate, not the teammate, your opponent is not going to be like, oh man, you're tired today. I'm not going to go with hard. Right. You know, and again, so it's, it's, I don't think there is a right or wrong answer to any of it. I mean, you do your best and you, you try to know your players. I think if I could say anything, it's know your players, Yeah. know who you have on your team, know what they're physically capable of, get a baseline of that some way, somehow, you know what I mean? And figure out, okay, these children can do this. These can do this. And if they go below that, you know, okay, they probably can do more. So I can probably push them more. If they can't go more, something may be wrong with them. Right. You know what I mean? And, and so you try to you try to do it that way. But again, like there's you're, it's, it's a crapshoot. It, it really is. And I think about the kind of work that I do. And when I do a risk assessment of a student that might be in my office because they're feeling suicidal, they're feeling very sad and they don't want to live anymore. I could do everything by the book and that kid will still take their own life. And that has happened to me before. And so now what I then wrestle with is, okay, did we do enough as a team, you know? And I've been in the profession long enough to know that it it was never just singularly on me, but what I've always tried to do to reassure others is that this is a team sport, you know, caring for others is a village. So I guess what I'm leading up to is if you have assistant coaches, you have additional eyes out there to help you see and look beyond perhaps even what you might be able to notice in a particular moment. Uh, what can you say about the value of having uh, support as a coach? I mean, I know a lot of it falls on the head coach, but if you have good assistance, a good support system in place, how important is that? It's extremely important because you can't do everything. You can't see everything. You're not going to know everything. And it's also extremely important to have even like different levels of your assistant, right? Like, you got one that's awesome at certain things, you know what I mean? Or has experience that you don't have, you lean on them. You have somebody that has experience with something else, you lean on them. And, you know, you you feed off of all of those things. And it makes, that's what makes the strongest unit is if you have a group of dynamic coaches who one are all invested in the children, but all have different levels of experience that can help. And and when you're, you're the one rah, 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 pushing, 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 the other coaches push their arm around them and say, hey, you're going to be okay. Or Ed, you need a water break or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? And there's times where you're that person that puts the arm around a a kid while another coach is pushing them. You know what I mean? I tell, since I do a lot, I'm doing youth sports. I tell um, my coaches all the time, hey, one of y'all need to be my kid's best friend. Okay. You know, because I'm going to push him probably to a limit and we need to separate dad coach. So you go be his friend, Mm. put an arm around him, help him out help them. And I do the same thing for some of their kids. 
Like if yeah. their dad's getting on them, it's like, yo, come here, talk to me. You okay? You need a water break. You need something. Take your helmet off. Whatever the case may be, because that's, that's a good point. Yeah, you have to because it's on that field, especially like I said in the youth level. You got a lot of volunteers, so a lot of dads mm-hmm. are out there, and dads are going to be super hard on their kid. Mm-hmm. No matter you're talking about boys football, little girls softball, basketball, whatever the case may be, dads will be sometimes harder on their children. Parents will be harder on their children, especially when they're the coach. And so it's always good, in my opinion, to have another coach that your kid can lean on sometimes. Yeah. Okay. And, and so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Finish that thought. No, I was just saying that just makes it it makes it where you have you get to have that's what the team aspect of having a good coaching staff is where you know you trust this coach to to talk to your kid and help your kid out if something were wrong with them. Like they could go to coach and and coach would listen to them and not just think of, Oh, that's just my dad, my kid, you know, and whatever they're doing, they're going to listen to them as, as player coach Mm -hmm. and really find out if they're okay or not. You know what I mean? Sometimes because as parents, the lines get blurred, it can get blurred. Oh man. Um, So I always think it's important to have good coaches on your staff who can help other especially other coaches kids out in certain situations oh wow you know what i had an epidemiologist on the show before uh dr flo um mm-hmm. she was telling me something similar to that her colleague is an, a fellow epidemiologist mm-hmm. and when their parents got sick she called in her friend and said hey please make sure i don't kill my dad Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, the blur, the the lines become so blurred. You, you, it may cloud your judgment. You may make uh, rushes to judgment, and you may not be in the best capacity to to really handle a crisis. But somebody who has a more objective perspective, they might, they might mm-hmm. be the one to put arms around the situation, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, help you out in a moment like that. So, what you're getting on is you coach one of your children, right? Yes. So. In that regard, because in this story with Amani Bell, uh, that father who lost his daughter, he was actually a coach and he was coaching that day elsewhere. And his he canceled practice that day for his team. Right. The, 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 the team that his daughter was playing on, them coaches had her out, had her team out there running steps and she collapsed. And mm-hmm. so how did how does a father of I mean, how does any parent come to grips with having to trust someone else with your child when the, I mean, because where, like you said, I mean, it's hard to let go. It's hard to uh, make a distinction between, okay, we're not father, son right now, but I know I can't always be there and somebody else is going to guide you at some point. So mm-hmm. how do you relinquish that uh, need to have that control over the welfare of your child, knowing that they're under the, the the peruse of another adult that is supposed to be a trusted authority figure to look out for their best interests. Um, do you anticipate having any issues with that as your child goes grows older in in the world of sports? Um, probably, but not maybe. I say that probably not, and I say that because as a as a kid who when I played sports, I didn't have a parent on the field all the time with me. You know what I mean? My mom got enough at practice and trusted those coaches. And it's just trust, right? It's literally just a trust thing. You have to trust somebody and you hope that you prepared your child to be able to speak up in certain situations. But in the, the day, you 
it's trust. You just have to trust the person that's there, whether it be a volunteer coach that's doing it for free or a paid employee of a school district. You are are trusting that they're going to have your kids best interest. And you, you know, when you talk to the coach the first time you ever meet them, first impressions matter. You get a vibe of like, is this dude a nice guy? Is this a nice lady that's coaching right. my kid? You said something really important, though. You said you teach your kid to trust, yes, but to also be able to speak up. Did you see what happened to Simone Biles this past Olympics when she said, yo, I can't go today. Something's wrong. Yeah, I did. And so the flip thing, the funny thing is with that, though, if she was probably like in elementary school age, they would have made her go. Correct. You know, and again, I, that goes to my, my, my point earlier is when we're younger, when we're when a kid is younger, the coaches are the more prevalent person, the more dominant person. And they are trying to, and we are all trying to help, quote unquote, push that kid to their limit to achieve whatever they want to achieve. Once you get professional, it's more flipped as now that professional is sole control over their body. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So as a professional, like in Simone's case, she goes, I'm not right. Mm -hmm. The coach is saying, okay, how do we get you right? Yes. We're in a different manner. It's like, oh, you're not right. Well, let's work it. Let's let's go figure it out. Let's go out there and try to get right now. Like you're going to go get right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that's that. It shouldn't be that way. But again, it goes back to as kids, kids are maturing. They may not always know what they can or cannot do. Yeah. And you have to hope that you do the right things as the coach in that regard of pushing wow. them and teaching them that they can do things that they don't do. Because a lot of times in life, what do we do? I can't do it. I can't do it. Somebody gives you that encouragement, and you know what? You did do it. Look at and that. Because the mind is so powerful. Right. The mind is so powerful. If you can sometimes teach it to, to push through certain things, you will be able to achieve it. You're going to push your body really, really far, but you're able to achieve it because you've mentally pushed through. And that's the education of learning how to do that. That starts when you're younger. Okay, well, that that's really helpful. I, I really appreciate you saying that. So before we let you go, I mean, you you emphasize one point to me that kind of stands out above others, just knowing your players. Yeah. And, and, and it sounds like you may imply, or you may be implying that that goes beyond the field. Okay, exactly. so over the years, can you give us one or two things you've learned about how to get to know your players, how to build rapport, how to establish a rapport, maintain it so that when that bond is tested, you can still fall back on the foundation that's already been established from having a relationship with the player. Can you talk about that a little bit before we let you go? Yeah, for sure. So for me, what I did when I first started coaching is I had all the all the kids come to my house and we had a barbecue mm. and we just hung out. We, we, hung up, we did, you know, water balloon fights with all the kids and the parents and, you know, cornhole and just every. And so every year I've done that. And that to me is where I get them out of the, the coach player. We're just yeah. hanging out and all the family hangs out and we become that family. Yeah. So it's like you can always relate to, OK, this isn't my coach, but he's also a cool dude. Like. We had a pool party this year, you know what I mean? Or the case may be, and we barbecued and we do these things. And after the season, we all hang out too. And for me, like I'm a football coach during the season, and we're like, hey, let's go to the high school football game. But let's all just hang out in a situation where it's not me rah, rah, rah coaching. Mm -hmm. It's hanging out with you, asking you when you're good to practice, how was school today? What did you learn at school? Yeah. What did you do yesterday? What did you do over the weekend? 
You know what I mean? You just, you slowly build it. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. I have new kids on my team that I don't know them that well yet because they're brand new. Mm-hmm. But the ones I've had for two, three, four years, we're cool. You know what yes. I mean? Like I can, I, I know them and they know me mm-hmm. and they know if I'm pushing them it's for the reason or I know if they're dogging it, you know what I mean? Because you built that up and they know if I say, hey, I need more from you, they go, yes, sir. Because they know I, I'm yes. for the right reasons, right? But it's because I've, I've been vulnerable with them and I let them be vulnerable with me, whatever, in a sense, right? Just, I tear down the wall and say, I brought them, most of them into my house at one point mm. in the backyard. And we, so it's, it's you give them that. We're just, I live in the same community you do, dude. We go to the same school with my kids. We all go to school together or some situations like we're all together. We're all here in this together. Mm-hmm. And you, you just get to know them individually and they get to know you over time. And again, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, it may take a year. It may mm-hmm. take two years. Um, but that's how you do it. You just let them in to you. You know what I mean? Tell them things about you. You find out one random thing about them and you laugh and you joke with them. During practice, you find a moment to have a laugh, you know what I mean? Just to mm-hmm. break it up, you know what I mean? Like I I go around some of my kids and we're doing something. I just put my hand on their shoulder on my helmet. I'm like, you're my head rest for right now. And they laugh about it, you know what I mean? Because we just have, you just build it up of like. Right. You just, and you talk to them, just one random thing you might ask them when it's not football. It's mm-hmm. not sports. It's just whatever else. Mm. And it just lets them know that, yo, you care about them. Yes. Yes. And then you hope there's a trust of knowing if I am pushing you now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm coming from the right place. Absolutely. It's not about just rah, 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 rah. Right. I do care about you and I want the best for you. And I want you to be protected and safe as possible when you're going out there with somebody who does not care about you that way against the opponent, right? Because the opponent, they may not have their, their job is to win. Yep. And so you're making sure that you prepared your kid to know everybody's not in your corner your corner is your team that you have right here your group of your brothers your coaches we all have each other's back and you just keep building up that family environment you know what i mean and i think that's the biggest thing because like you said like even when families families fight families argue but families are family they're tight right so you trust your family and so if you make your environment a real family-like environment i think you're able to 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 achieve greatness and and get kids to see their greatness even when it's difficult situations. Well, uh, that's Coach of the Year, Sage Wisdom right there, straight from <laughs> Coach B out of the Longhorn State of Texas. Uh, Coach B, really appreciate you being here, dropping all these bars with us. Uh, will you join us again sometime on Psychotic Bump School? Yes, sir. Anytime, let me know. I appreciate you, man. This is KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. That was the good brother, Coach B, Brian Young out of Texas. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after this. Hey, y'all, this is Bunny Hearts. And this is The Rugged, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome on KCWG, thetruth.com. The best internet radio station on the planet. Yep. Hi, I'm Bridget Harrington, and I'm here to interview Morris Day, lead singer of the time. Mr. Day, how are you? Need you ask? I take it, then you're fine. Yes, I've been told that. Okay. Tell me, are you really so cool? Is money green? (laughs) When did you first notice your coolness? I didn't. The doctor did. You see, most people are born in birthdays. I was born in a zoot suit. You've got to be joking. 
baby, I ain't got time to joke. What time is it anyway? It's time for us to continue this interview. How does a time go about generating such a funky sound? Me, well, I know you didn't say funk. Well? Let me just say one thing. Funk is dead. Funk is something you can learn in school. And ain't nothing funky about being cool. Grease. Okay, but my name is Brigitte. Oh, I'm sorry. It seems Grace. your image has a lot to do with your approach to music. Your clothes, for example. My clothes, for Hold it. Let, let me just say something to all the fellas out there. Take off them new jeans and them new way clothes and go get you some baggies. It's about the freedom, right? In other words, stay at the hotel with the biggest ballroom. Don't get me wrong, some of my best friends wear blue jeans. I'm just not ever seen with them. What time is it? Why are you so concerned with the time? Because I got somewhere to go. Where's that? To the top, Johnny. I told you, my name is Bridget. Sorry, love. I don't think I like you at all. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we close this interview? Yes. What's your phone number? Okay, we are back. KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, you know I'm always excited to welcome this crew back. I mean, they were here a few months ago, and the last time we left our superheroes, they had just embarked upon respective solo projects, and then they had put out something together under the banner of Official Biz. They be handling that biz, y'all, and they're back for a brand new project that I'm really excited for y'all to hear about. You got to hear about what they've been up to since the last time they were here. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, Bunny Hearts, and the good brother, The Rugged. Bunny, The Rugged, are you back? What up? Hey, what up? <laughs> What's pop locking, y'all? What's happening down in Southern Cali? Oh, shoot. We're just trying to, you know, keep it hot, man. That's what that's what Cali is known for. Great weather and great music. We just trying to, you know, keep it hot and keep it live, you know? Oh, man. I thought Cameo was known for keeping it hot, man. Official Biz be keeping it hot, too? On right. the regular. <laughs> on the regular. On the one for fun like the Daz Band. How you doing, Bunny Hearts? Oh, pretty good. Thank you for having us again. It's always a pleasure to come back and talk to you. Oh, it's always fun. This is a very exciting project, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm not oh, even yeah. going to put my hand to talk about it. I'm going to let them talk about it. I have <laughs> something coming up this Friday that is absolutely amazing. Uh, who wants to talk about that and continue this amazing connection y'all have with the beautiful city of Minneapolis? Who wants to take that one? Um, I'll go first. <laughs> <Get this. laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this show is is the, the live show for Jelly Bean Johnson's um, Get Experienced album. So he came out with a debut album last year, which was well received. Um, it is called Get Experienced. I don't know if you get the reference from the Jimi Hendrix experience yes. kind of thing because um Bunny, yes. can you do us the honors of please telling us one more time who is Jellybean Johnson and his significance in the world of music? Yes. And so with Jellybean Johnson is the iconic drummer for uh the time 
with Morris Day and the Time, you know, uh, Prodigy of Prince uh, and the Rebel uh, Prince. I mean, and then so now he actually in this album, um, he only plays uh the guitar the guitar he's also um he's also a bona fide recognized guitar player and producer in the industry mm-hmm. um dating back to the 80s where he actually produced songs for alexander o'neill yes. uh, new edition uh ja- janet jackson's number one song black cat black cat yes absolutely he produced that song. Uh, you can be mine from the Control album, Janet Jackson. Um, he he actually, um, you know, discovered the group Mint Condition. Come on. And so, uh, so we're going to be singing songs from all those uh, songs that he produced or performed with uh, during the show in Minneapolis, and we will be joined on stage by a wonderful artist. His name is L.A.W. Law. He's from Brooklyn, New York. Mm. Um, we will we arrange the show, um, uh, the Rugan and I, and it's going to be a really dynamic show. We, we're going to put on, we're going to represent the West Coast. Come on. Official biz, original songs being played live for the first time along with Jellybean and Law. And um, we're gonna rep the West, like I said, but also, you know, uh, lift up the East. Absolutely. And with that said, I'm gonna give it to the rugged and, you know, tell them some more about what's <laughs> going said, on. You said it all. I mean, it's like, um, it's gonna be fun. You know, it's, it's, it's Jellybean Johnson. Um, he's like, that's my favorite band of all time. Morris Day in the Time. Yes, sir. Uh, legendary. Icon. But rugged, how in the world did official biz meet Jellybean Johnson? How did that even happen? Are you ready? Yes, please. <laughs> it's a long story, yeah. but not really. Yeah. Like, Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Check this out. Yes. Uh, um, 2000. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I think I told some of this story before when I was here, but it's probably some new people that might want to check this one Absolutely. out. Absolutely. All right. Check, check it out. 2012. Uh, Fisher Biz performing at this club in Rancho Cucamonga, California, uh, called Rapport, right? Great club, real elegant joint and all that. So um, we're in there. Uh, big shout out to my man, Tim Stanzel from uh, uh, Stanzel in, uh, Entertainment and Enterprises because he booked us. Anyway, check it out. Right on. Uh, so we got there and we performing and stuff and everything is good. You know, we having a good time. It was our first time performing at this fancy club. Jesse Johnson walks through the door. Now, Anybody who knows the rugged knows I'm the biggest fan boy of Jesse Johnson. Like I hopped <laughs> off the purple train and got on the pink train. You know what I'm saying? That, <laughs> yeah, that kind of fandom, you know? Right, right. So he walked to the door. I'm on stage. I stopped playing like, wow, wow. You know, it's really him. So, you know, the lead singer at the time nudged me and like, man, why you stop playing? And I was like, oh, okay. So I hop off stage. <laughs> I hop off stage and I run to the VIP so I could just, hey, Mr. Johnson, oh God, you know. And he's like, don't call me Mr. Johnson. You make me sound like an old man. I was like, oh, okay, Jesse, cool. So, you know, <laughs> real quick. So we chop it up. We asked to get on stage. We jam together. Oh, the funny part of that story is when Bunny walks up, I say, hey, Bunny, <laughs> this is Jesse Johnson. And she's like, hello, like, you know. I said, nope. hey, Jesse. Yeah. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Yeah, like that. I'm like, wow you know who this is you know <laughs> said, this is like jesse cut him jesse that jesse, cut him, jungle jesse. Love jesse. yeah this jungle love jesse yes it <laughs> is bird jesse yes it is you know i did not know 
Can wow. you be your man, Jesse? You know what I'm saying? Right. Free right. world, Jesse. You Free know, world, Jesse. Yeah. So she was like, wow. oh, oh. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that, that's night. Nice, that's nights like this, Jesse. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. don't know who yeah. wrote that for yeah, uh, after seven. That. Yeah, he wrote oh, that. Wow. Yeah, he wrote that. So check it out. So anyway, we jam. Is I'm I'm thrilled. I'm on stage jamming with an icon like Jesse Johnson. Wow. And. Also, Bobby Ross Avila was on stage. Oh, yes. oh yeah, Yeah, yeah. He was on stage with us. So I'm up there jamming on bass. I get this tap on my shoulder. Trust me, I'm getting to the jelly bean thing. So, I but yeah, I, I, I feel a tap on my shoulder. This dude's like, man, can I jam and play your bass? I'm thinking I'm going to turn around the sock, whoever this is messing up my dream. You know, <laughs> I turn around, it's Raphael Sadiq. Ah. Tap me on the shoulder, ask me, can I sit in? I'm like, sure, man. <laughs> sure. So I go hop on keys. So anyway, we uh, jam. At the end of the night, Justin said, here's my number. And he gives me his number. I'm like, oh, wow. Justin Johnson gave me his number. Wow. Okay. That's 2012. Hmm. Uh, a couple of texts in between then and now, like, happy birthday. We got, like, we shared the same birth month. And he's like, thanks, man. And that was it. We never even talked, right? Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2000. 19 i believe mm-hmm. yeah 2019 is when jesse was the headliner at the the paisley park show right so i saw he was doing that and so i text him and said hey man this is Dwayne. i don't know if you, you remember me or whatever you know i just want to wish you good luck on your performance right no response um cool whatever hmm. so next day phone rings hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm looking at the color id like you must be a butt dial right uh-huh. So it's Jesse Johnson. And he hops on the phone like we've been talking the whole time. Hey, D, what's going on, man? Blah, blah, blah. This and that and the other. You know, so I'm like sitting there still on shock status while he's talking to me. I'm texting Bunny. Guess who I'm on the phone with? You know, <laughs> so he's like telling me that he may need a bass player to sit in every once in a while with his band or whatever. And then he asked me, hey, uh, man, you know any keyboard players? I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, no, I don't know. I don't know if I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I. Yeah, <laughs> so that's gonna be a tough one for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I had two in the band at the time. You know, Rodney Thomas, that was in the Fisher Biz at the time, and, and Bunny. So okay. I sent him some video of each one. He chose Bunny, right? Mm-hmm. And so and he was super adamant about it. Like he, he said, "Can you talk to her for me?" I said, "Yeah, I'm headed to her house. I'll be there in 20 minutes." Mm-hmm. So I leave the house 10 minutes later. Have you talked to her yet, man? What? And I'm like, dude, uh, I'm on my way there now, you know. Hey, Bunny Hearts, he was yeah, after yeah. you. Yeah, so, so let me get it, let me move it. So yeah, he was after <laughs> her again. But anyway, that was the thing that led up to her traveling to Japan. Remember that part? Yeah. I do. Yeah, remember that. So she went and did a few dates with him in Japan. Anyway, yeah. while she was over there, she hooked up with? Uh, Neil Richards, who, who was the manager for the family. He was actually part of the promoting oh promoter team that uh, that was responsible for Jesse Johnson uh, going to Japan mm-hmm. but he uh, we just happened to sit you know on our flight from Osaka to Tokyo next to each other and he was curious about who I was and what I was doing and and he and I told him and um, he was just such a nice person he's like oh I'm gonna I'm going to introduce you to some people, maybe give you know, I don't know how it's going to pan out, but like, I'm going to introduce you to some people that I know who introduced me to Chris Arnell, who's with Real Music Radio, Hmm. who uh, is uh, owned by Jeff Luna. And so by way of whatever degrees of separation that is, Mm -hmm. um, Jeff Luna approached us 
and said he we, i've heard all your music and i'm discovering them i would love for you guys to produce jelly beans next album or produce next uh some songs on his album mm. so we submitted some songs and he they like you know three or four of them and so we're that's gonna be the other thing and then oh by the way there's the a show <laughs> there's gonna be a show in minnesota this and this date would you guys be interested and we were like Hmm. Of course. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. So um, wow. there's a lot of other things, you know, with the n- new album coming. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so it's just going to be like really, really just busy trying to um, finish all these projects. But the, mo- uh, the most uh, pressing right now is getting to Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah. I'll re- rewind it a little bit because like she okay. said, um, you know, Neil Richards, who manages the family, introduced uh, Bunny to Chris Arnell, who runs the Real Music Radio Station, which is owned by Jeffrey Luna, who is the manager of Jellybean Johnson. Mm. Okay, do, do, do the audience a favor. Tell us who the family is. The family is uh, Paul Peterson, St. Paul, who used to actually be in the time during the Ice Cream Castle days. Yes, sir. And then it was Susanna, which is Wendy's uh, sister, Wendy from the Revolution. Yes. And Jelly Bean played and Jelly drums. Bean played drums. Yeah. And Jerome was actually in the group too, along with Eric Leeds. Right on. Yeah. So right that's on. who the family is. So yeah, so that's how it all parlayed. You know, uh, Neil introduced her to Chris, who introduced her to Jeffrey, who's the manager of Jelly Bean Johnson and owns the real music radio station. And mm. then I was like, you know what? Pull the trigger, man. A visual business mm. looking for management, right? Mm. And so then we 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 took care of that business. So wow. so he's so Jelly Bean Johnson's manager is also our manager. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a yeah. twist of fate, man. Yeah. I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad you shared that whole story. Okay, so Bunny got that call. Okay, so you didn't recognize Jesse at the moment when you met him. <laughs> so yeah. describe Well, he wasn't team. wearing pink and you know the curls were gone and Right. Right. And he probably wasn't holding his guitar at the moment you met him, right? So I look at that could could happen to anybody. Yeah, anybody. Anybody. He was still sharp wearing a suit, real sharp. Okay. Well, compare and contrast that when you met Jelly Bean in person for the first time, the rugged and you, Bunny. What what was it like this time? You knew who he was, right? Oh, we still haven't met him. Yeah, we ain't met him yet. (laughs) What? That's the the killer part. We'll uh, let you know. We'll we'll let let you know know in a couple days. So wow! This is gonna be, is gonna be yeah. a raw one. It's raw. Like, Everything has been like yeah. you know talking uh, with Jeff Luna, who is the manager, wow. and um, just you know everything was um, being t- handled remotely, hmm. and uh, can't wait to just kind of like yeah. see it come, see it to fruition when yeah, we absolutely. see him in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna land. Um, we land in Minneapolis on the 18th and go right to rehearsal. Yeah, we're going to hit the ground running there. Yeah, yeah. And that'll be the first time you meet him. Yep. Even spoke to him. Yeah. That's going to be crazy. Yeah. See, what was beautiful about this story, as crazy as that sounds, Rugged and Bunny, that just speaks to you. This is happening on the strength of y'all's talents. Just right. solely that. Right. Because, I mean, obviously you have to have some personality for people to even want to mess with you. But mm-hmm. this is just on the strength of how good y'all are. Oh, yep. thank you. Thank but you. I think what it is, though, if I may add, Rome, I, I think that's like a, for inspiration wise for people who 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 think like, oh, I don't want to put any music. I'm not good enough or mm. I shouldn't do it yet. 
I don't have any following or I shouldn't do it yet. Nobody's listening to me. When we first started this in 2017, we were a cover band and we were like, you know what? We have so much talent like surrounding us. We know so many people. Mm-hmm. We need to do our own original stuff. And we were like, well, we don't know anybody. We're not connected, blah, blah, blah. So we just decided to put it out there. If you're good and it's there's something that you believe in, somebody will love it. And you're going to touch someone. And yeah. like, look, look at fast forward two to three years. It led to something, to something, to something, to something. And so, right. um, but you won't ever know unless you do it. Yep. Hmm. Just put it out there if you believe in yourself, uh, because no one will think of it for you. Right. <laughs> it has to be you yeah. that has to, you know, initiate. To put it out there. Yeah, you have to be the engine. You have to. And we did. Yeah, we did that. I mean, you remember like when we first talked, Rome, about, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole brown mark thing. And that started started from, um, you know, Bunny putting out a single. The first. The first. You know, the first. Right. The first go we did and the phone rang. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. with that, I, I, I second that with Bunny. Just try. Everybody should just try. I know it's trying times. I know things are tough, but don't let what's going on keep you from going on. Mm. Say that. And not only yeah. that is that um, sometimes, you know, first time, second time, third time. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've seen a new wonderful artist and they're on their fourth or fifth EP. Yep. And so like that, I, I'm, I'm equating that to anyone is there's just such a big, vast world out there mm-hmm. that somebody sometime is bound to discover you if you have something really great to share, whether right. it's on your fourth or fifth album. But if you quit on that first one, mm. you'll never know. Wow. Well, uh, that is you, y'all are dropping bars on Psychotic Bump School. Let me tell you, <laughs> y'all dropping some straight bars. But what you just said was you 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 learn the journey by walking it and staying yeah. the course, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I know we talked about this before, but you know, for all the the lay and upstart musicians out there, Bunny and Rugged, was there ever any doubt that this would ever happen for you? And man, you probably didn't think it would happen in quite this way. Always but, doubt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, always, always doubted. Yeah. You always yeah. think, uh, why am I even doing this? Yeah, we've had plenty of why bother. Always why bother moments. Why you know bother moments? Yeah, wow. plenty of those. But ignore. Don't listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Don't listen to it. But Bunny oh. said something really important, Rugged. She said it don't matter if you you because some people do get caught up on man i only have 200 followers you know right. no, nobody's really checking for this you know what i'm saying so how did you was there ever a moment when y'all experienced that and how did you overcome it i mean i know you're saying you persevered through it but can you describe what those moments may have been like for y'all well well i think that it, those moments i have to dig backwards and say i got over that and i use my past victories to fuel my my future intentions you know, and that's the way I do it. Bunny may do it her way. And, you know, whatever it is to fuel your fire, you need to find it. And I've been through like a lot of tough times, but that's mm-hmm. just it. I've been through been a through lot it. of tough times. Mm-hmm. I got over it. It's an obstacle over, under it, around it, or through it. Come on. But it's, it's not like a deal breaker. It's mm-hmm. not like a wall that you just can't, you know, get around or go through or whatever. So that's what I do. Wow, so Bunny, I mean, you have to scale that wall, like the rugged says sometimes. Bunny, how you do it? Yeah. Well, when we, I'm, um, I'm a very tactical, strategic person. When I, when uh, the rugged came to me, 
and he put some a task in front of me and he said i have this project i want to create original music um, i want you to come back to official biz and help me with it mm. and at that time i had just finished grad school and i was like hmm grad school for what, what? I, for mba business oh yeah. i don't i don't yeah and um I was like, now, now what do I do? <laughs> so mm -hmm. I said, I think this is the perfect time. And so, so I looked at that and I said, so we need music, we need equipment, we need social media following. So I just made a list of all the things that we needed. The equipment check about some uh, equipment, studio, um, you know, the keyboards following. Okay, I have 35 followers on mm -hmm. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and I have about oh, a few hundred on Facebook. Okay, let's work on that. So worked on that. To this day, I have almost 15,000 uh, followers on Instagram and growing. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah, and true engaged ones, you know, it's like really hard, you know, some people like want to buy their engagement, but that's not true engagement. And you it really doesn't equate to, you know, then, you know, spins or anything. You want to buy your engagement? What do you mean yeah. by that? Well, there's some people who, uh, you know, buy followers oh, and I would gotcha. never recommend that to anyone because those are, it's not going to, it's only going to show that you have those, uh, followers, but they're not engaged with you. Okay. So, so you're saying yours are organic. Yes. From 35 to uh, almost 15,000. And I have an algorithm. Maybe that's another show, you know, which mm. I've learned um, on how to engage followers on Instagram. Yep. But mm. um, so we have our engagement. And so now all of a sudden they know about us. Hey, official what are you guys doing? And what do you, when, when is it, you know, when's the music? Like we put up videos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, um, so now we have fans who are anticipating our music every time we have something new or when we have video that comes up or when we have a show where well, can you guys please come to Atlanta so things like that so we wow. came a long way we need to scale it up more you know there's a lot of work to do because um there's a lot more music coming and stuff but I think that comes with more um with the more work that we do we have a lot of other projects to do and uh, we have other artists that we're working with. Yep. Um, so it's just, um, it's, it's, it's a process. Yeah. Most, I mean, it's a good problem to have, right? To be so busy and to be spending so many places. <laughs> yeah. Does, yeah. The rugged, does, the, does it ever get overwhelming for you, Rugged, to have so many things going on at the same time? Yeah, I, and, but that's the fuel I'm talking about. I mean, I could not be busy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, that's the one thing I cannot be busy. And sometimes I, I get overwhelmed. Yeah, that's the truth. But mm. at the same time, at least it's something overwhelming me. I'd rather be, you know, busy and overwhelmed than idle. Right. Know, and, and depressed because oh, I'm not doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So what's and, the overwhelming? I mean, do you have deadlines? I mean, you're trying to produce a volume of content in a span of time. You got a time window. What, what What's the pressure? pressure is that when you set your own deadlines and timelines you know that is the pressure because you know you're 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 on the incline always you know mm -hmm. if i say i want to drop three albums with three different artists in three months you know it, mm -hmm. it can get overwhelming and that's but that's the goal and i always mm -hmm. say like if you aim for perfection you miss and hit excellence come on yeah. 
So and you do, dropping bars. I'm gonna have to steal that <laughs> <from> now. <right? laughs> but wow. you know, that's that's just experience. You know, it's right. I, I set some impossible type of goal. And like I said, if I miss, I look great. You know what I'm saying? I wow, rather dude. look great, but uh, a lot of people don't see that. They'll they'll miss the goal and be like, oh, why bother? And I've mm-hmm. had plenty of those those things, but mm-hmm. I, I ain't trying to be Eeyore, you know, with Winnie the Pooh, oh, bother. I ain't trying to do all that. I'm trying to be- Not the Eeyore. Not you know, the Eeyore, <laughs> man. I ain't trying to do that. That's my guy, you know. But um, wow. I, I just think that, you know, people need to focus on, you know, the other side of the finish line. Try to break the tape in whatever it is you do. And the overwhelming part is mm-hmm. the fuel. You know what I mean? Because you could not be overwhelmed. That's the thing. You know, people don't appreciate being too busy. Mm. You know, because that's a good thing. If especially if it's something that you have a passion for, right? Right. So, you know, if it's something that you know you really want and it comes easy, then you haven't achieved it. The great David Boy said, if uh you're not afraid, you're not learning. Ooh. I can't have to I have to keep remembering that because we're going yeah. to Minneapolis and yeah. I'm like, this is Minneapolis. It's like the, the funks, you know, capital yeah. of the world. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and also Rome, like I just found out the other day that the funkiest keyboardist ever, probably in the whole wide world, Monty Moore, is Ooh. was invited and he's gonna be there. Oh my God. And you know, I'm going to be, it's just, I'm going to lose my mind probably, but I'm just going to, I have to keep it together. And so like what he said about David Bowie, if you're not uncomfortable, yeah, you're not being challenged. You're yeah. not doing something great. So yeah. I have to keep repeating that in yeah. my head. So, yeah. so it's yeah. not to freak out. Yeah. Don't freak out. Cause you know, I, I tell her all the time and this is the pressure, no pressure thing. Mm-hmm. When you think of Minneapolis, you think of like the funk synth. You know what I mean? Guitar, mm-hmm. synth, and all that. Bass players, we get a little props out there, you know. But um, yeah, come on. I mean, Prince made synth funk like household. Yes. You know what I mean? And yes, she's yes. going to mm-hmm. the town where synth funk is the thing. Wow. So, and wow. for those who don't know who Monty Moore Moyer, Moyer, he's uh, he's the keyboardist for the time. Absolutely, iconic. Yeah, yeah, he's the opposite of Jimmy Jam. He's the guy on the other side of the stage. Mm -hmm. The short white dude. Yes, there you go. Short white guy. They were called Flight Time back in the day, and I remember Mm -hmm. was it Terry or Jimmy? Maybe they said they heard this cat sitting at a keyboard at a gymnasium or something. He sounded no. They were at a nightclub and they saw Monty Moore for the first time. And he was killing some Bobby Caldwell. Yeah. And they were like, who is this guy? Because a lot of people don't realize that money. I mean, all these cats are super talented. I mean, yes. But apparently Monty Moyer can sing as well. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I heard. Thank you. I mean, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for this update. This really positive, uplifting, inspirational, um, just internally, eternally inspiring story of the the trajectory of y'all's career y'all are really flying and you're literally about to get on the plane to jam with jelly bean johnson with monty moore in the audience ladies and gentlemen so uh i'm gonna wish y'all and pray for traveling mercies for the both of you that you have some incredible rehearsals some amazing shows and you get everything out of this that you hope it is intended to be. What's the best way for people to follow the Rugged and Bunny Hearts and Official Biz? How can we keep in touch with y'all? Um, we are at Official Biz Music at anywhere. Uh, official, at Official Biz Music in uh, Instagram, 
at Bunny Hearts Music on Instagram, at The Official Rugged on Instagram. On Facebook, if you do a search for Official Biz Music, Bunny Hearts yeah. Music, mm-hmm. The Official Rugged, we show up. So that's the easiest way. Um, and then I just wanted to also say for tickets for Minnesota, I don't know if it's uh, for those, if, if it reaches uh, Minneapolis, if you're interested, it's uh, first um, hyphen avenue.com and then um, it'll take you to uh, go look at um, August 20th which is Friday is yes. the get experienced with Jelly Bean Johnson show and yeah. Eelism is opening for him a wonderful hip hop neo soul group and um, with Jelly Bean and Official Biz and LAW from Brooklyn New York well that's our show y'all psychotic bump school is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul my name is dj rome and you know we're here every monday evening from 5 30 p.m to 7 p.m pacific time also want to thank our very special guest for the evening coach b brian young out of texas and of course bunny hearts and Dwayne cousins the rugged of official biz also want to send a very special shout out to mr frank starks who is the iron man behind the board And we're out of here, y'all. Take care.